When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Gardener's World magazine Sow Along series, the podcast that inspires you to grow more from seed. Hi, I'm Oliver Parsons, horticultural sub-editor on BBC Gardener's World magazine. When I was in my 20s, we lived in a tiny flat in northeast London, just a few minutes away from the most amazing Turkish supermarket, and the tomatoes, sold on the vine out of large open-top cardboard crates, were out of this world. They had a rich green aroma that I'd never encountered before, and we'd buy them by the bagful for Greek salads, soups, and even to make our own ketchup. Compared to the tomatoes that I'd been buying at the supermarket, they were amazing, rich, flavourful, and so much cheaper. I realised that this is one vegetable, okay, it's a fruit, where the difference between good and bad is all the difference in the world. Bad tomatoes are like a faded imitation of the real thing, but good tomatoes are one of the finest things that you can eat. So, when I finally made my way to the top of the local council's waiting list for an allotment, they were definitely on my list of things to grow. The varieties that I most wanted to grow were the huge beefsteaks that you see on TV cookery shows, or the interesting heritage varieties that come in all sorts of interesting colours. But these days, I've mostly settled on growing cherry tomatoes, like red cherry. The big advantage with cherry tomatoes is that they are so much more forgiving than the larger varieties. Tomatoes in general can be a bit of a temperamental crop, needing consistent and regular watering to avoid either split fruits or the dreaded blossom end rot. And, being a classic high summer crop, they're also reaching their most demanding phase, the time when they're starting to burst with fruit, just at the moment when the school holidays start and many of us want to go away for a week or two. That throws watering and feeding schedules right out of the window. But because the fruits of cherry tomatoes are so small, they tend to develop and ripen that bit quicker. So even if you take your eye off the ball for a while, you'll only have a temporary setback, and there'll be lots more fruits on their way. Of course, these plants produce hundreds of fruits, so you get to pick them again, and again, and again. And picking and eating the fruits straight off the plant is the very best thing about growing tomatoes. I always sow my tomatoes indoors, round about March. 
Nothing fancy, just about 12 seeds on the surface of a small seed tray of sieved, moistened, multipurpose or seed compost, then very lightly covered with some more compost or some vermiculite. Then I put them somewhere warmish with a clear plastic lid on top to stop the compost from drying out. Once they've germinated, it's important to make sure they get plenty of light, otherwise the seedlings will get tall and weak, reaching up for the light. Usually this means a south-facing windowsill, but window space is a bit limited in our house, and our cats have a habit of upending everything, so I put mine under an LED grow light on a table in the spare room and shut the door. Once the seedlings have their first true leaves, the ones that have a spiky or jagged look to them, they can be pricked out into their own pots and put somewhere a bit cooler, but still warmish. The trick here is to transplant them so they're nice and deep, much deeper than they were in the original sewing tray, almost the whole way up to the leaves. This way you get nice deep roots, which makes the plant more resilient and you avoid having a straggly stem up top that keeps on flopping over. All things being equal, they'll be ready to plant out again, nice and deep, in a month or so, in a greenhouse, or a little later if you're growing outside. I often grow mine in large terracotta pots. The good thing about this is that you can move your plants around to get the best growing conditions. For example, if you decide they're not getting enough sun. Conversely, if you're going to be away for a few days, you can move the pot somewhere it will get a little bit less sun or even pass it over the fence for a neighbour to look after. That said, I tend to sink my pots into the ground as it makes them less prone to drying out and less likely to topple over later in the year when the plant is getting a bit top-heavy. I water them deeply every few days and include a seaweed fertiliser in that once a week. They need somewhere that gets at least 8 hours of direct sunlight a day and a nice, steady, warm temperature, so on a sunny patio by a brick wall is ideal. I realise, of course, that that is exactly what all the gardening books say, and if you don't happen to have such a location in which to place your plants, that does leave you rather stuck. But basically, just put them in the warmest place you can, with the most sun, and in no time at all you'll be picking perfectly ripe tomatoes off your plant. As for tomato recipes, well, there's almost no point in listing these, as we all know how ridiculously useful they are. Also, in honesty, very few of my cherry tomatoes ever make it back home from the allotment, because... As with fresh-picked plums and peas, they're just far too delicious not to eat on the spot. Finally, saving seeds with tomatoes is actually pretty easy. All you need to do is cut open a few fruits and ease out the jelly-like flesh from the middle with the tiny seeds. Put this on some folded-up kitchen tissue and leave it somewhere dry but not hot. Once it's all dried out, you can just pop the seeds into a paper bag. Do that every year and you can enjoy free tomatoes for life. It doesn't really get much better than that. Thanks for listening to Sew Along, and we hope you're inspired to give seed sowing a go. Find out more about it at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast. Subscribe now to never miss an episode and rate us in your podcast provider app. See you next time.